0: Hey everybody, welcome to the 10th episode of Cryptids Decrypted, and the final episode of our first season. Uh, we're going to be taking a little break through the holidays here, and maybe a little bit into January, because I've been working on some other projects. Uh, maybe you've checked out my audio drama, A Man of the Mountain. It's about uh, you know a guy who pretends to be Sasquatch so that he can maintain the Bigfoot legend and uh, occasionally murder some folks. There's a link in the description of the episode, uh, or you can go to anchor.fm slash man-of-the-mountain. Uh, it's really fun, and I highly recommend it. And hey, if you don't like waiting for new episodes of that audio drama to release, you can actually go and buy the whole thing on Audible. It's out right now. That helps support me as a writer, and it helps support everybody else who helped make that, so we really appreciate it. I also wanted to just say thank you for supporting Cryptids Decrypted. Uh, we've had more listeners than we could have ever imagined, and you know we're all really happy with how the show's going, and can't wait to bring you more new content in 2020. Have a happy holidays. Enjoy this episode about cryptids of the deep. And, you know, I'll talk to you at the end. Well... Welcome, everybody, to the 10th episode of Cryptids Decrypted. Uh, we're doing something new today. First of all, new pairing. Uh, it's just me and John this week. And uh, second of all, we're doing more than one cryptid. So rather than uh, traditional history of the mystery episode, uh, we wanted to talk about some aquatic cryptids, and there's a lot of them. So we figured we'd do a cryptid royale episode. And I'll put uh, a sound effect of, of a boxing bell right there. Four so that people cryptids know. enter. One cryptid leaves. This way people know it's a fight. But yeah, and uh, so we're going to talk about four different cryptids. Yeah, we're talking about Megalodon. We're talking about uh, the Ningen. We're talking about Cadborosaurus. And then we're going to finish out talking about the Kraken. So, John, uh, why don't don't you start us off?
1: Kicking off with the Megalodon, I don't think it needs too much of an introduction. It's been really huge in pop culture as of late. Uh, I think a few years ago... Shark Week ran a pretty big thing on it. Uh, They had a pretty big special on whether it theoretically could be alive or not. That really drew up a ton of interest. And then not too long ago, I think last year, 2018, we had a a major motion picture uh, with Rain Wilson and Jason Statham called The Meg about hunting down a Megalodon. Fantastic
0: film. I forgot Rain Wilson was in that.
1: Yeah. He doesn't do much anymore, but... He, he does fun movies and yeah, I really enjoyed it. I uh, saw it with a friend and we both came out of there. We laughed a lot and I don't think a lot of other people thought the movie was as funny as we did. But man, it was uh, it was a good one.
0: God, I could not disagree more. I feel like that's one of those movies that was trying to be bad but good. But I uh, couldn't even manage it and kind of just felt like it was like, hey, check out how, how much money we got from China to make this film in China. They just kept like ping-ponging back and forth between different Chinese locations for no discernible reason. But there was hand-to-hand combat with the Megalodon, which is something I've always wanted to see.
1: I have no response.
0: <laughs> God. well moving on to the real megalodon yeah. then uh rather than the one that uh you know drunk jason statham fights
1: yeah so let's go ahead and jump into it first off uh megalodon is short for and i'm gonna completely butcher this uh charcoal rockless uh megalodon um it means literally glorious big tooth shark So, it's a very literal meaning because the megalodon is, or was, uh, depending on if you believe they still exist or not, uh, the, the biggest organism to have ever lived. Bigger than a blue whale, all of those types of things. It was a giant shark that, according to all of research and fossil records, went extinct between... Three and 23 million years ago, and not three years, but three million and 23 million years ago. Everything we know basically comes from fossils, and its size has been calculated based off the numerous fossils of teeth that we found. And that's one thing that I find really interesting is fossils for megalodons are like dirt cheap. Like, you can go on the internet and buy a legitimate fossil for like 20 bucks, and it's a three inch tooth. It's not a small thing. It's it's a large thing, and then based off the size and the condition of the thing, it can range into the thousands.
0: But still, I mean, like the, you think about, it, sharks have a, a shit ton of teeth, so it kind of it kind of makes sense that we'd be seeing like I don't know that there would be a lot of them in theory. That's true. And the other
1: the other thing to keep in mind is fossils have been found all over the world. Megalodons in their heyday were very globally distributed. They weren't just in one region. They were everywhere they were warm body creatures in the ocean that tended to swim around shallow areas close to continents except for antarctica and they pretty much ate on everything they were an apex predator uh, they ate big small anything they could get a hold of uh, one other thing that i find is kind of interesting is a lot uh, several nurseries have been found in panama maryland the canary islands and florida and the reason I call out, call that out is because Maryland and Florida are v- two pretty different climates when it comes to like wintertime and those types of things. So a little fascinating. Maryland feels like the, uh, the outlier there. Yeah, that is kind of just everywhere. Yeah. And then uh, basically they allegedly went extinct due to climate change back when the ice age first hit, the temperature of the ocean dropped. And we've seen a lot of evolution based off fossils and those types of things in other large large creatures uh like whales and those types of things i keep saying those types of things please edit that out as you can uh like whales um and other just massive aquatic creatures so the megalodon didn't really evolve like some of these other beasts did that being said a uh, research group at the University of Zurich studied a ton of megalodon fossils, and based off all the information they were able to gather, they do estimate a 1% chance that they are still alive
0: in the ocean. Hey, I mean, that's—fuck, 1% is better than we get with most of this stuff.
1: And I mean, the ocean is just so vast. I think we've, we've explored 2% of it or something crazy like that, so who knows?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that that's, that's what gets me with a lot of these aquatic cryptids. It's just like there is. There's so much potential uh, for for things to be out there that we haven't seen. And, you know, as much as the the, the Meg is, you know, uh, a, a fictional movie. So I, I love the books that it's based on. And uh, just the theory that there's like, um you know, a layer of deoxygenation on the bottom of the ocean that uh, separates two different patches of water where there could be like the big... Uh, cryptid creatures below that patch. I thought that that was was fascinating, and I was like, you know, I don't know if there's real science behind that, but that sounds cool, and I, I really dig it, and I hope that that exists somewhere.
1: Yeah, it was a really good way to pitch it. I mean, whenever you have a story like that or a novel or something like that, there's always that thought of how could this feasibly happen so the reader or the watcher doesn't have to really stretched to have that suspension of disbelief. And I thought it was a cool way to do it.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I think we've talked a lot about like what megalodons were and not what they are. But I think that it's it's funny that there is like, what was it? 2013, there was still that History Channel documentary for Shark Week or docudrama, whatever you want to call it, where they're like, we're going searching for the Meg and we're going to find real evidence. And that was kind of a bit of a fiasco. Oh, yeah. It was all made up, wasn't it? Yep. <laughs> me 100%
1: wait you mean the the discovery channel the history channel and the learning channel aren't like legitimate sources of information
0: that's why I only stick to A&E these days if it doesn't have storage wars I don't watch it and I mean is that where Rob Lowe has his show on A&E I'm actually pretty sure it is speaking of which hi Rob Lowe thanks for listening we know you're a big fan please come on the show moving on
1: we could talk about ghosts
0: <laughs> yeah we could oh, we could talk about so much with him um but like there's so there's there's a lot of uh alleged megalodon sightings with like people dredging up teeth and i feel like it's hard okay so maybe maybe it's not hard it's probably not hard to tell the difference between a tooth and a fossil uh but it sounds like there's people who are saying they dredged up teeth like as late as the 1800s i don't know uh, you know given the fact that we still don't know where great white shark uh like or we we either just learned uh or it's been like a few years we just learned where like great white sharks mate And the fact that we couldn't figure that out until now makes me think that it's totally possible. You know, transitioning from totally possible to a myth that is a little more on the weird side. Cadborosaurus. So I, I had a chance to talk to David George Gordon uh, about this this creature a couple of weeks back. And the theories behind it range from kind of believable to absolutely fucking bizarre. But basically what it is, is it's what you think of when you think of like a, almost like a children's fairy tale sea monster. So it's this long dragon shaped like like almost like a long snake. It's got a head like a horse with like a mane of hair running down the back. It's it's got two Shrek like horns on top and i asked david what those horns were for and he said that he didn't know uh because <laughs> i'm just like you know for for shrek the very real creature those horns are clearly for hearing those are his ears but it's like why why would the cadborosaurus need those two little puckers it doesn't totally make sense
1: what you're describing sounds like the dragon from never ending story if it was aquatic
0: well hey i mean that one had dog ears it did you're, you're talking about falcor right yes Yeah, good old Falkor. But it is, it kind of, it looks like a similar style. So Falkor is modeled after a Chinese dragon, I'm pretty sure. And it does look like the same Chinese dragon with like the snout and everything. But anyways, so this, it's been explained away as a whole bunch of things. Um... So I think I sent you a picture of it, what a giant oarfish looks like, mm-hmm. and goddamn, if that's not a sea monster, I don't know what is. It's terrifying. They're horrifying-looking creatures that look like something out of sci-fi, and they can get up to be, you know, fifty feet long. And it's essentially like a big fifty-foot-long eel, and a lot of people think that when they're finding so there's a really famous photo. Um, also from the 1800s, of people who found a, you know, dead Cadborosaurus. And uh, people examining the photo think it's just a decomposed oarfish, which, you know, okay, like that kind of, it kind of makes sense because when you look at these things, they do look horrifying. And I imagine they look even worse when they're decomposing. You know, Cadborosaurus specifically has been explained away as so many things. It's been explained away as uh, conger eels, humpback wheels, uh, basking sharks, just all sorts of shit. And, you know, I, I did read, so there was a back and forth between two groups of scientists, one on the cryptozoology side and one that wasn't. And the big argument from the non-cryptozoology side was, you know, when, whenever you're trying to explain something, you go with the, the more reasonable explanations first, right? When you th- hear hoof beats, you uh, think horses, not zebras. So their their thing was, like, it's probably a misclassification when people are seeing all these things in the ocean. And uh, the cryptozoology argument is mostly just, well, that's pretty boring.
1: <laughs> yeah, but, but it's not a bad point. You go with what you know. The hoof analogy is... Yeah, it could be spot on.
0: Yeah, and you know, but it just makes me think of. So I, I get the the scientific perspective of wanting to to go in and go with the most likely explanation. But I I think I just come to you with anything in the ocean. It one hundred percent like it could just be like it could be something completely unexplained because we find weird shit all the time, like basking sharks. Although I do think a, a horse headed, uh, giant dragon serpent might be uh what some would call a tall tale
1: (laughs) yeah i i feel the same way about a hundred foot shark
0: yeah man see to me that's that's almost more
1: believable no no i well it is believable because they did exist but i'm saying if they were still in the ocean by now and they we knew that they were warm-bodied creatures we would have found one at this point they're giant how would we not have anyway
0: Well, just real quick, how big is the biggest shark?
1: That'd be the great white, wouldn't it? Or the basking shark, technically, but...
0: Or probably a whale shark, but... Oh, no, wait, uh, great white, yeah. So, okay, so 21 feet for a female. That's terrifying. And the megalodon is 100 feet?
1: Uh, There have been a ton of different estimations on a maximum size throughout the years, starting in, like, 1903, and multiple scientists have taken different approaches based on the fossils they've had where it's like oh they can range from a maximum of 30 feet and then another guy's like eh, i think it's like 100 feet so basically if they were weaponized they would be ship killers yeah
0: no kidding and that's like some of the evidence for them too is they have those stories of people just uh of ships being taken down by them and stuff like that it's kind of crazy yeah i'm looking up sorry i'm I'm gonna ping pong between these cryptids that's kind of what the point of this episode is though i guess like looking at the Bone Valley Megalodon, uh, they say that's about twelve meters, uh, and that it's like two around two great white sharks. So that's kind of reasonable, right? Like to think that oh, it's just a really big shark. It's smart enough to have been around this long. It's probably not going to run into humans because it knows that's not good for it. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, so as far as sightings of Cadborosaurus, they kind of. They kind of run the gamut. There's plenty of people who think that they've seen, uh, you know, a lot of the sightings talk about like a serpentine pattern in the, in the water with, you know, that that sort of mane running along the back. But when I think about that, like and I look at something like an oarfish, which is 50 feet long, if that came to the surface, it's I mean, totally reasonable in that case that that's what that could be, um, especially if it's like dragging seaweed behind or something like that, it could it could look like a mane. Mm-hmm. And when you look into the science band, Cadborosaurus especially, there's a lot of inconsistencies in eyewitness reporting, especially like they're reporting uh, different features from one another. There's not a lot of consistency, which makes sense for something that's in the water. But yeah, that's uh, that's all I've got on Yield, Cadborosaurus. And if, it, if you guys want to hear more about it, uh, I did talk to David about it for over an hour.
1: So the next kind of... I don't know, how are we classifying uh, this? There's the Megalodon, which is something we have a ton of evidence for, existed at some point if it does not exist already, and then we have kind of these more cryptid cryptids. I don't yeah, know, that, that I get work.
0: like, so the Megalodon is, so a cryptid, right, is just any creature that has not been proven to exist, but, you know, people still believe is out there in modern day life. That's the That's the whole point of a cryptid or cryptozoology so the megalodon definitely qualifies gotcha but but i'd say it is it is one of the it is closer to being real than some of the other ones
1: i gotta say just total aside while we're on kind of water creatures um i was playing a game called disco elysium and they have a whole storyline about a cryptid called a phasmid that looks like it's like an insected creature that looks like reeds, and I did research on it, and I could not find anything on a phasmid. So I thought it was cool that they kind of created their own, and they tied it into the story, and it was it was pretty neat. It's huh. not every day that a heavy story RPG kind of integrates cryptozoologists and cryptid culture.
0: Interesting. Fun fact, uh, phasmid is also what we call stick bugs. That makes sense. So tell me, tell me about uh, our Arctic friend, the the Ningan.
1: The Ningan. So first off, Ningan actually literally translates to human. Um, this cryptid is Japanese in origin. It was first spotted back in the 1960s when a group of sailors, uh, it was a government-sponsored whale research trip, spotted what they thought was an iceberg, and as they got closer to it, they realized that it was a living, breathing creature. It was humanoid. Um, It was 20 to 30 meters long. Um, It had arms, legs, uh, a head-like structure, as well as actual feet, um, and five-fingered hands. They weren't really sure what it was. Um, They took photos and had video and everything, and apparently the Japanese government destroyed everything that uh, was made available to the public, and yet keeps very detailed records. Uh, This is a creature that is white, translucent, very much like polar bears almost, and is in the Antarctic, so sticks to that icy, frigid cold water.
0: Yeah, this is horrifying to look at. I'm looking at pictures of it. It's
1: terrifying, but to be fair, all of the pictures and documented evidence that we've found uh, has been proven to be a hoax, so we don't actually have any substantial evidence, and... To go to the Antarctic to have an expedition to find the Ningen is incredibly expensive, so it's one of those things that just hasn't really been done. Common theory is the Japanese government believes it excretes some kind of venom or something that can be weaponized, so they want to keep it hush-hush, which is why anytime something pops up, they are quick to suppress it. Uh, This was, it really flew under the radar until about 2007 uh, when there was a major magazine publication that brought them to the mainstream and forefront in Japan, led to the inevitable uptick in sightings and stories, and uh, very much like our final cryptid we're going to talk about today, it it comes from just a lot of sailor stories and hearsay. One other kind of really creepy thing is it apparently has face-like structures, but it's like slits for eyes, and it just looks like nightmare fuel. Slenderman, if Slenderman was 30 feet or 30 meters long and was translucent and swam around in the ocean
0: yeah it straight up looks like it's out of pan's labyrinth right now oh yeah checking in it it's just like some big pale humanoid thing with giant kind of fin like arms and a tail yeah and if you want to
1: if you listeners want to see what it looks like uh head to our instagram at cryptids decrypted and see a photo there
0: god damn it all right so i guess i'll have to set up a an instagram now you're welcome (sighs) You know, or just go go to my website, com. I'll post the pictures there because, oh man, Instagram. Ugh. The
1: last thing that I did want to say is we have a random Google Earth photo that has longitude and latitude attached to it. But even if the thing's 20 meters long, it's way longer than that in the photo that I've seen. It's It just it doesn't make sense.
0: Yeah.
1: I think it's a really interesting thing. Uh, it's thought to be a humanoid whale people have called it kind of arctic mermaid but it it wouldn't surprise me if it was kind of some kind of whale-like creature that part of the ocean is incredibly underexplored and is kind of a black hole i think i'd heard that like the antarctic is the last frontier on earth before we head to space which i mean you've got the ocean but in terms of land so it wouldn't surprise me if there was stuff cataloged there or uncataloged there
0: it definitely, looking at it, it reminds me of a beluga whale. It's got, it, I don't know, it's got the same texture. And and granted, I'm looking at artist renderings, so maybe they were just inspired by beluga whales. But
1: Yeah, I mean, artist renderings are one thing. We can go back to the Jersey Devil episode where pop culture got that wrong literally every time. So, I don't know, take that for <laughs> yeah. what you will. But I, I think it's a really cool cryptid, especially because it, it comes from an interesting region that, you know, could be anything. It's one of those things where, I don't know, no country's going to put a satellite above it or anything like that to keep an eye on, but who knows?
0: Yeah. Well, the last one that we're going to cover today is- You might uh,
1: say, we'll release?
0: Yeah, you might say, we'll release, and it's its, it's pretty, uh, it's going to be pretty familiar to most of you. It's, it's the Kraken. Release the Kraken! I was going to say it's a six-second clip, so I can definitely play the... Uh, <laughs> I can definitely play... what? What is that movie? Uh, Which one? I mean, there's so many where they release the Kraken. Cla- is it
1: Clash of the Titans? It is Clash of the Titans. Wasn't it uh, Liam Neeson?
0: Yeah. Yeah, release the Kraken. But so this is one where I was surprised. So I was looking up... When we started talking about aquatic cryptids, I was like, definitely Kraken. We have to talk about the Kraken. Uh, just because, like, it's it's such a recognizable creature. And I I am surprised that there's no, there's no modern day sightings of the Kraken. There's nobody out there claiming to have seen it. And maybe it's just because it's getting too close to reality uh, in the sense that we know that there are giant squid out there. I mean, they're not ship sinking squid, but we do know that there are giant squid. So I wonder if it's like passe to believe in a giant octopus.
1: It's tough too, because Giant squid typically are deep sea dwelling creatures, aren't they?
0: Yeah, but even with some of this stuff that's allegedly in the deep sea, we still get people who say they've seen it, and and it's it's weird to me that this is like not a myth that has endured, just because you know it. There's like if if the ningen can be a thing, why not why not the kraken? Why 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 so little respect for the kraken? Do
1: you think it's because of how it's been popularized popularized in greek mythology in you know movies like the pirates of the caribbean where it's one of those things where it's been so absorbed by fantasy you think of your typical flame flame breathing dragon is that a cryptid would we have found that by now do people still have sightings of them or is it that it's been kind of absorbed by fantasy culture and you know myth mythology culture that it's not really a mystery people just kind of assume by and large it's that's where it all came from
0: and that's that's interesting too because you know we we have talked about how as far as like cryptids and movies and things like that like the things like Bigfoot there's surprisingly little big-time films about Bigfoot but I guess you're right like the Kraken is pretty mainstream hey Harry
1: and the Hendersons was an excellent
0: big-time movie that's a good point. It was. It was certainly better than The Man Who Killed Hitler and then Bigfoot.
1: I'm just saying, John Lithgow was in the peak of his prime when he made that movie.
0: I think I think it's pretty much... Uh, we have to mention Harry and the Hendersons on every episode now, because I'm pretty sure we've done it 10 episodes in a row. <laughs> but going back to the origins of the Kraken, so like you said, it is it is mythological. But So, you know, I, I thought of it a lot in Greek mythology, but the stuff that I'm finding is actually... Uh, A lot of Scandinavian and Norse mythology. Um, So the Kraken is this well-known giant cephalopod creature. Uh, It's, you know, which means octopus for uh, those who are not as scientific as we are. Um, And, you know, most of the evidence for it comes from superstition among sailors uh, dating way back. But the earliest stuff I'm finding is around the 1200s. If you're not counting, uh, you know, Greek mythology. Um, but it's there's this Scandinavian myth uh, that's brought back from Denmark by a famous Norwegian author. When the Norwegian author is writing about it, you know he's saying that he thinks that there's only uh, probably a maximum of two of these creatures in the ocean just because they're so seldom seen and actually thought that they were probably unable to reproduce and that's why there weren't more of them. And as time goes on... Yeah, which, you know, that actually, that reminds me of something Peter Byrne said about the Yeti, which is he thinks that the Yeti's extinct because its it's territory was so encroached upon by man and there wasn't as much area for it to hide as something like Sasquatch. You know, entirely possible, like we go back to the Megalodon, right, with the, the idea that maybe Megalodons were around as late as the 1800s, maybe, or at least bigger sharks than there are now. Entirely possible, but... Like, you know, later in time, there's a lot of stories about British warships disappearing mysteriously. And, you know, some chalk it up to the idea of giant octopuses sinking them. And there's all sorts of myths about, you know, because the Kraken is supposed to be huge. I think they said it's like a, mi- a mile and a half across.
1: That, that's which, large. Like, te- like if you stretched out, like, it's, it's two tentacles or... Like, what does that mean? A mile and a half long? Like, how would you measure that?
0: That's a so that's a good question. I guess they did say it was a British mile and a half. I don't know if that's different than a regular mile and a half. But but how do how do the Brits have? They use the metric system. Yeah. No. Wait. No. They use imperial. They d- that's why we use imperial. Oh. Okay. Let's edit that part out. Oh, uh, that's staying in because that's a fun fact for everybody. We use a dumbass measurement system uh, that goes way back to when we were a colony. So. Huh. yeah measured by a king's foot idiots but anyway so they very like the yeah the the reason and it's so big they said that people would mistake it for an island and like there's a story i believe it's of some norwegian vikings that are out and they see these uh these two rocks in the water that look like an island and so they sail past it and then they send some people back in boats to check out the island because it wasn't mapped and then by the time they get back, the island is gone, which, of course, led them to believe that the only possible explanation was that it was a creature that had sunk into the ocean rather than maybe it was nighttime and <laughs> they couldn't <laughs> find the rocks again. But, you know, sure. And the other interesting thing is early depictions of the Kraken actually show it as a crab. It's, it's definitely more of a crab-like creature with pincers and stuff. And then over time, it morphed into the more tentacle-like beast. And, you know, they there's the... The depictions that have the tentacles with kind of like spines or claws on them. And you see that a lot, I think, in the movies. Mm -hmm. But apart from the evidence in mythology and from uh, superstition, there's some, some evidence that say that this might have been a prehistoric creature similar to the Megalodon, but it's pretty hotly debated. So it all hinges on the idea of there's these scientists that found I'm going to murder this uh, Ichthyosaur. Yeah, they found Ichthyosaur bones, which kind of like a giant prehistoric dolphin, uh, if you can picture it. And they found the Ichthyosaur bones uh, arranged in linear patterns when they were decomposing. And I thought that was, like, a weird thing, but then I looked it up, and apparently octopuses will do the same thing. They'll play with their food, and then they'll, like, rearrange shells and bones in patterns on the seafloor. The scientists are arguing that the fact that the ichthyosaur, which is a pretty big uh, water creature, the the fact that those were arranged in in a linear pattern means that something like an octopus took it down and arranged them that way. Seems like a big leap to make for me, Uh, you know, just (laughs) because... Who who fucking knows with how the fossil record is created? You know what else arranges things in a linear pattern? Currents. But sure. And, and you know, we have plenty of evidence for giant squids in modern day life. So I don't think it's that far fetched to think that there uh, could be a giant octopus. And and maybe maybe there's a scientist that's going to be like, hey, idiot, like s- squids are shaped a certain way. And that's why they can be bigger. Uh, you're a dummy. But, you know, they don't have a podcast and we do. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> got him (laughs) got him got those scientists you you know
1: one other thing that i think is fascinating to think about is looking at the time frame that a lot of these massive massive creatures theoretically could have gone extinct and this kind of goes back to the megalodon more than the kraken because the kraken was 13th century versus 23 million years ago the concept of of pangea and the ocean being way more spread out than it was. And I, I don't know. I I do wonder how that might play into things where it's like now you have islands everywhere and it used to be all the land was constricted into one spot. Now it's everywhere. So how does that change the levels of the seafloor? And, and this is just, I don't know, rhetoric at this point. It's nothing we can really get into. We're not geologists. We study
0: real science. I took a few geology classes. All right. I took like three of them. I
1: did not. I took um uh, histories of cities to fulfill that credit in college.
0: Oh, so right. So the Kraken and being close to some modern day cryptids or well not cryptids, even fuck like giant Squids. squid. Yeah. And I, I looked up like a lot of stuff about the giant squid. And the giant squid, I think, is like I mean that that was technically almost a cryptid mm-hmm. until very recently. Because, you know, it had been the subject of plenty of fiction, but nobody had ever found it existed until these people went out into the ocean. And I looked it up. They literally spent 400 hours in a submarine uh, trying to observe the giant squid's eating behavior. So they would just sit in deep water with bait uh, hanging off the submarine and wait. Uh, Watching them describe it is nuts because they just said, like, there was one night when they finally saw one tentacle flash out of the water. And then it went away and then they had to wait. And then eventually the squid came back and when it did eat the bait, they described it as like a dainty eater Hmm. uh, where it was just like taking little bits off the bait and not necessarily uh, like, you know, what you would expect of swallowing something whole. And I guess that's just because of the way the the squid eats. It doesn't want to choke on things. But that also kind of pokes a hole in this idea of, like, a shit killer squid. Yeah, true.
1: I mean, like unless... I guess maybe it
0: has the constrictive power. Yeah, I was going to say, unless
1: know. it constricts things to break them down into small pieces that it can eat.
0: Yeah, and they did say it likes to play with its food, you know? So That's really interesting. Uh, I can't
1: imagine, mentally, what those guys must have gone through, especially after that first tentacle lashed out, like, did we really see that? How many times they must have reviewed the footage to be like, yes, we're not crazy.
0: Yeah, and it, it's funny too, because so you talk about the Ningen and you know people trying to cover things up. These these were also, uh, people from Japan, I believe, looking for this creature. So maybe the same guys are secretly sitting in a submarine right now, waiting for the Ningen in Antarctica, and they're just like four hundred more hours to go. <laughs> <laughs> hour twenty three,
1: we're barely into this thing. Yeah, that's brutal.
0: Really, really cool,
1: close, or really really quick. One thing. Wasn't there something about a giant squid underneath a bridge in Washington somewhere, like the Narrows Bridge, or... Whoa, is that a thing? I, Hold on. I don't know. I think I heard something about that.
0: Let me perform some quick analysis. Yeah, you Google giant squid Narrows Bridge
1: and it pops up. Giant octopus. It was a giant
0: octopus. Oh, interesting. Giant octopus revealed. Intre- yeah, uh. South Sound Magazine. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so it's, it's a rumor. Uh, well, that's... Some say it's a 600-pound creature once coined King Octopus by the News Tribune that tackles divers in the murky waters beneath the bridge, Others know it to be a scientific phenomenon seeking nothing more than solitude on its ocean throne. That's really interesting. So that's out by the Narrows is actually where I got dive certified. And the place I got dive certified was a place called Octopus Hole. So I know that there are lots of octopi out there because of St. but that's terrifying. And I am uh, never going diving in the Narrows again.
1: Yeah, that's uh, that's like where I came from. That's where I was born and raised. Or not born, but that's where I was raised. It's like the Tacoma like area. in the so water? That's, oh, you Underneath know Underneath the bridge? Brrr.
0: No, you I, it here I was first. John, I, John's a literal troll. Was, he was raged under a bridge. I was born in Seattle
1: General. <laughs> but no, uh so growing up in that area and going to high school, you know, just down the street from Tacoma Narrows, that's one of the rumors that I always heard and yeah, it's it's just one of those crazy things and I've I've heard stories like my dad used to dive and he would chase octopus around underneath the Narrows bridge and I don't think he knew there was a giant octopus that could kill him with a flick of its wrist, but yeah, that is It's just an interesting thing that I thought tied into this pretty well.
0: Well, yeah. And I think, you know, the other interesting thing about that area, too, is I have a friend who thought he had a cryptid sighting actually when he was a kid. Um, He lived out in the Gig Harbor area and he was looking out at the water and he saw like these glowing tentacles coming towards him. But it turns out I think it was a squid. I can't remember. It was something that had been feeding on uh, phosphorescent Plankton huh. that are that are there during the summer. So it had picked up the glow because there's a couple areas here in Washington where if you go, you know, swimming during the summer at a, a specific time of year when the algae is in bloom, uh, the water actually glows around you. And it's it's crazy. It's so cool. Um, but yeah, I guess that creatures can eat that and then become, you know, glowing ocean creatures. Yeah. So for four great cryptids, we have the Megalodon, the Ningen, uh, Cadborosaurus and Shit, the Kraken. Which out of the four do you think is the most realistic, or even if you want to rank them?
1: Oh, that's a tough one. Realistic in terms of exists in the ocean today or existed period? Uh,
0: that's a good question. I'd say, let's say exists today.
1: Because
0: hmm. we know, we know the Megalodon existed at some point. Like that, that is pretty much a proven fact.
1: Okay, um, it's it's tough because the ocean is such this incredible place, this in- incredibly vast body of water that we just haven't, haven't touched. I mean, all of these could exist somewhere. I'm going to go with the Meg first. I'm going to start with the Meg. I'm going to put my stamp in the Meg because I think the Kraken is a giant squid, followed by the Ningen. Followed by the Kraken, followed by the Cabrasaurus.
0: Yeah, I think that I'm pretty. I'm pretty much in the same boat. Of except for I would go Meg, Kraken, Dinga, and then And I think the reason that I put Cabro so far down at the bottom is just because of how fucking goofy people say it looks like. It, and if David had been able to give me a good reason, like if he had been able to say like this is why it has these specific features uh, biologically, then. I, I think it'd be a different conversation, but there's a lot of things about it where I'm like, why would it look like that? There's no, like, horses look like horses because that works for them on land. Uh, things in the ocean don't need to look like horses. That <laughs> Like, it's just, it would be a weird evolutionary leap. And granted, evolution is weird, but... It
1: would be detrimental to them because looking like a horse, I mean, that's a flat plane for your face. And if you're swimming... That offers so much resistance in the water. Yeah. That, yeah, I mean... It, yeah, the only be, kind of
0: water horses I fuck with are conjured by elves. So, I think that's that's definitely bottom of my list. I the other, I mean, the other question I was going to ask is which is the most badass, but I think that that's obviously the Megalodon too. Like, the Megalodon would fuck any of these other creatures up uh, in a heartbeat. No problem.
1: Mm, I don't know.
0: The Kraken, based on the size of the
1: Kraken, if the Kraken's a mile and a half long... It would just squeeze the megalodon to death. Yeah,
0: I get okay. So yeah, yeah, I guess if we're if we're saying the kraken is a is a mile across, uh, yeah. But also, you know, we have there's a wonderful documentary uh, that we could watch about this, and that is uh, Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus.
1: Wait, that's of course that's a thing. Of course yeah, that's it's, the thing. It's a thing. They made
0: great like movie. 12 Sharknados. Yep, and, uh, or you could just go play uh, Sea of Thieves, because that has both a Megalodon and a Kraken in oh, it. Oh, they
1: added the Meg in there?
0: Yeah, I think, I think that went in at the same time as the Kraken, and they are both equally terrifying. Well,
1: the Kraken's been around since the beginning. Yeah, because I was like my second day playing that game, and the music went down, and the sky turned dark, and we all died
0: real quick. Yeah. Yeah. Megalodon will wreck your shit as well. I don't know. I think that's uh that's all we've got for this cryptid royale. It's yeah. I you know, I'll, I'll be honest. I don't know what we're going to cover next. We're probably all going to take the holiday to recover, so we won't be back until January. Um, but, you know, in the meantime, I've got an audio drama out. It's called Man of the Mountain. It's about a guy uh pretending to be Bigfoot and maybe committing some murders along the way and uh the history channel coming after him with real monster hunters. John's read it. It's paced very well. I enjoyed it from start to finish. Yeah, and John tells me when he hates my shit. That's uh, that that's that's a real endorsement right there. Oh, I
1: I don't pull punches. If you have grammatical <laughs> errors in your book, I let you know and I give it a terrible rating on Goodreads.
0: All right cool man well uh we'll be back in the new year with more wild cryptids because there's a bunch more to cover and uh, i still want to get to t-rex one day you know after that story about the t-rex in texas Well, that wraps up our 10th episode of cryptids decrypted and our first cryptid Royale. If you like the format, let us know. And if you hate it, also let us know, you know, we take your feedback very seriously and you know, you guys are the reason that we make this podcast. So definitely tell us how you feel about it. I'm going to leave everybody with a short trailer for a man of the mountain. Uh, I know I've been pimping this audio drama a lot, but there was a lot of work from a lot of people that went into this and we're all just really excited um, so if you like this show, consider giving it a listen. And then if you end up liking the audio drama, just let us know. All right. Thank you. Local iNews. This is Shirley. You're the one that wrote the article about Bigfoot. No.
1: Stop this. I don't want to see this again. Once was enough! I don't want to come back here! No!
0: We are making an open plea to the monster hunting community. We know you're out there. Why the hell did it have to be her? Please, come and investigate before we lose more innocent lives. Do
1: you think it's still hunting us? Do we have what we need to survive whatever is out there?
0: Can we survive it? Get on with it!
1: Did you enjoy the article?
0: They oughta lock you up for spewing that crazy bullshit. <laughs> huh.
1: Glad you took it instead of me. You know how it is, George. Can't let them get to you.
0: Well, there you have it. That's the trailer for A Man of the Mountain. If you want to check it out, uh, the first four episodes are up for free on anchor.fm slash man-of-the-mountain, or you can find it on any streaming service if you just search for A Man of the Mountain and my name, Ashton McCauley. Again, all future episodes of that audio drama will be free. If you do want to purchase the whole thing now, you can. It's available on Audible. Again, just search A Man of the Mountain, Ashton McCauley. Uh, I'm not sure if it's going to pop up for just a man of the mountain because we're not quite big enough yet, but maybe with your help, we'll get there. Uh, So thanks again for listening. Have a happy holidays.